to another episode of Dr. Me First. It's me, your colleague in medicine and your sassy coach in life, Dr. freaking Aaron Wiseman. And I have got a great interview for you today. It's with Dr. Marlene Woostmith, and she breaks down physician unity. We get a little spicy. We talk about books, being a book dragon, and all sorts of fun stuff. And so take a listen. I think it'll be encouraging and hit you right in the ticker. But before we jump into it, got to pay some bills. Let me tell you about Doc2Doc Lending. Need access to cash at fair rates? Doc2Doc Lending believes that when debt can be avoided, it should be. We also realize, however, that sometimes borrowing is necessary to help doctors overcome short-term cash issues to improve long-term personal finance health. Founded and led by fellow doctors, all of whom started as cash-strapped residents. Amen to that. Doc2Doc Lending exists not only to meet doctors in their moment of need, but to do so in a way that assesses and appreciates each doctor-borrower as fellow physicians can. Apply for a loan if you need one with Doc2Doc Lending at drpodcastnetwork.com backslash doc, the number two, doc. Again, that's drpodcastnetwork.com, D-O-C, number two, D-O-C. All right, let's get into this episode today. Welcome to the podcast, my friend, my fellow online entrepreneur. We've been circling each other and we finally have bumped in Dr. Marlene Woost-Smith. It is so great to have you here with me today. Thank you, Erin. Same here. I uh, I first heard about you from the fabulous Michelle Quirk, who someday I will, when my, my foot and ankle get better, I am going to take her up on trying running. I've never even, I don't think ever attempted it, but I love, I love her and I love what she's doing and what you're doing. And that's what excites me. Oh, girl, when all this COVID junk is over with, we are having the Dr. Me First Marathon Coach 5K. We're doing it. We're all going to get in one place and we are going to make it happen. Excellent. Make it at Disney and I'll be a happy person. (laughs) Well, tell the people a little bit about yourself and the magic you're putting out into the world. So I am a pediatrician by training. I'm now about, gosh, 30 years in the making. And I would probably call myself a serial entrepreneur. I've done different things throughout my career but I had always wanted to be a pediatrician. I always wanted to work with kids, interestingly, and never thought I was smart enough to get into medical school, although I guess I was. And I went to, you know, an Ivy League undergrad, Ivy League medical school, stayed at the at the same location for residency and have always loved what I've done. And, and interacting with people makes me happy. Talking with them makes me happy. And I've always been an early tech adopter, you know, so I was the one that had the square little iTunes, it wasn't iTunes, but was it? it was like the very The square, iPods? The iPods, the very first ones that looked like almost like cigarette boxes. And so I've always loved tech, yet in the last decade, I there is nothing I detest more than what the electronic health record and what, you know, the suits or administration has done to medicine and to our, the humanity in medicine. And so I don't know if it's my midlife crisis or what is going on, but I felt this calling to start writing and gathering the writings of others and what other docs are doing, especially female docs, although we're trying to be more inclusive in 2021 and make sure that we represent the male voice and other voices. 
But I, I think it's so important to amplify all the good work that we are all doing to, to shine a light on that, that we're, we're not burnt out. I love that, that, uh, a phrase. It was in a, an article probably about a couple of years ago. This is moral injury. You can't take someone and tell them you can't practice medicine the way you were trained. You were to do it this way and click a bunch of boxes and hurry up and, I just think it's abysmal and it, and the patient doesn't want it either. And so I decided to found a magazine journal style, pretty much with the intent of making sure that there's too much online. I want to make sure that other doctors that may or may not be on the same social media circles that I'm on get to know about the great stuff that other people are doing and inspire them and just give ourselves a pat on the back. So that's, that's what I've been doing. I love it. And I, like we were saying before the recording, I love snail mail. I love going out to my mailbox and getting just a beautiful piece of mail. And I love that that's your whole mission. It's not to leverage the tech space, but really leverage connection. And I have been very honored to be one of your contributors. And it's just an amazing place in Physician Outlook. And so, yeah, we're going to talk a little bit about that today. But we're also going to talk about your word, which is physician unity. So tell me why you picked it, which I think I already know, but. So I think it's so important for physicians, especially female physicians, to not silo ourselves into uh, lonely places. And, And this was very true before COVID, but has been highlighted and amplified in a negative way over the past year, where we continue to be heads of households heads of businesses that we are not supposed to be heads of if you're employed, but yet it all falls on our shoulders. It's in the camaraderie that uh, exists through social media. Social media has a lot of negatives and electronics can have a lot of negatives, but the the unity that we can have uh, by making connections with people that you've never met in real life, but you feel like you know them. That's, that's my, that makes me passionate. makes me wake up. It makes me you know, feel purpose in life that I had felt that I had lost and that so many are losing and not just female uh, physicians in general. And I think other healthcare workers are also in that same boat and we all need to help each other back up because we can't heal if we're not healed ourselves and if we don't take care of ourselves. So being one in a profession where I think we're a little all, I think we're all a little spectrum and like to be quirky and, you know, don't always get along with others. And um, we're, we're, we're so driven uh, as physicians that I feel like we're a difficult group to get together to play nicely. Like you see it, it we can all have the same goals of making the physician patient relationship whole, but we'll start fighting with one another and, and self-sabotaging just because of our personality. So I'm all about unity and trying to kind of ignore or model how to ignore the the little spats on the um, on the playground. Like I, I like when people get along, and we could be from totally different backgrounds, but there's certain things that we can agree on, and it's so nice for everyone if we join at that table, even if you would never do it again. You, if you could take a positive from that interaction, it makes you a better person. It makes your kids a better person. You teach and you learn something. I love learning from differences and being unified on things we can be unified and respecting one another where we disagree. I think there's nothing more beautiful. Yeah, because really online friends can be real friends too. And I love how 
as you talk about, like connection is not about 100% agreeing with everyone in that group. Connection is just about really having those touch points that make you feel alive. And even Mm -hmm. if it brings up, quote unquote, negative emotions, at least it's bringing it up. And I, I think that's what I see within the Burnt Out to Badass group is that, I mean, a wide variety of differences, ages, where you're at in life, career development, but yet having that common unity. And, you know, yes. my focus is much around of like, you are not alone. Change is possible. Help is always available. Coming around those points, I think, is really important because what COVID has really taught me is that the relationships that I value they don't come easy. Like you have to put time and investment in you it. You have to work on them, yeah. Exactly. And so I think that's the great thing with your doing around physician unity is just saying like, hey, oh, wake up. There is no more doctor's lounges. There is no more 7 a.m. meetings where we all go get donuts and coffee. There is no more end of year med staff meetings where they break out the filet mignon. So you're going to have to figure it out in different ways. And that doesn't mean it's wrong. But interestingly enough, the best thing I've done in the past two years since starting the magazine, I have to finance my myself because I took a I went from a well-paying job to you know, being a magazine publisher is not lucrative in any way, shape or form. Our uh, original uh, plan for advertising fell through because it was all CME trips and travel and fabulous shoes and purses and things that you don't need in a pandemic. So we, we had to pivot. But what I do do is travel as a locum pediatrician. And can I tell you that it's been heartwarming to still find hospitals that respect physicians. There is one in California that has the most fabulous physician lounge that non-physician providers do come in and have lunch. But I think they and they're welcome, but it, it still says physician lounge. There is a private chef Monday to Friday making a la carte food in addition to you get anything you want for free in the whole cafeteria, like anything, <laughs> like, um, come, you know, the most expensive kombucha in the 40 flavors that they have. And it's like, my gosh, this hospital gets it. I'm sure it doesn't cost them a ton. They have fresh sushi. They have, fresh, I can't even like, like I'll go back there just for the food because <laughs> I'm a foodie, but it's the, it's the thought that they respect the physician and, and I feel badly when I see a nurse like paying $10 behind me and, and they're like, doctor, thank you, free and, and keep going. And I, I asked some of the nurses I spoke with uh, on the peace floor, like, isn't it annoying that the doctors get food for free and you guys have to pay? And they're like, no, no, it's actually such good food and it's less expensive than it is at a restaurant. And you guys work so hard and we really appreciate it. And, and I'm like, it, it wasn't just words that they were told to speak, like, hospitals do these days where like this is the rehearsed answer for when the Jayco person comes that everybody asked it was, it was genuine and so whatever this place is doing I want, I can't wait to write an article about them even though I've been meaning to for a while because it's still it's still out there it still exists and it gives me hope that that we can return to that not that spoiled place that doctors I think held a seat at a table in a way that we were like expected stuff that that shouldn't be like we, we we are part of a team we have to assume team leader but we are not the shit we are not the boss we are not that we are the the most highly trained person in that situation and we should be respected for that role but you shouldn't treat others in any way that's different like we we are all part of a, a very important team that serves the most important person which is your patient 
Yeah. And what I hear you saying in that it's the respect factor, but also like what that hospital's doing right. It's you can get great food no matter where you're at. You know, like they obviously are letting their values permeate through the entire culture of the hospital instead of the lip service on Dr. Day where you get a $5 car wash coupon, you know, and it's like, thanks with a pat on the back. Like, that's the difference. That's Mm -hmm. the difference when the mission statement walks down the hallways. It's not just posted in the hallway. And that's one thing I was, you know, I do so much burnout coaching, career transition coaching, wellness coaching that people all the time are asking me, like, is what I want really out there? And those kind of stories and like organizations that have hired me and and I'm like, yes, yes, they still exist. They are out there. There are cultures where doctors wake up every single morning and they're like, hell fucking yes, I get to go to work today rather than like trying to hit the snooze and forget that you're the person with the white coat. There are places that are out there. What do you think the major difference is? Being a local physician who sees a lot of different places, what's the major difference or differences that you see from a outstanding facility versus one that's toxic and pathologic? A lot of it rests on the physicians themselves. There's engagement. So we do a lot of what we complain about, and I'm first and foremost uh, at fault, is that we don't show up. We like to complain about stuff. And yet we're not sitting around the table when changes are being made or we we show up at the meeting and half listen and don't participate or don't do the homework. So I think we need to be engaged if, and not beat ourselves up if we weren't engaged when changes were being made, but find our way to be present to help administration. There's 10 administrators for every one physician is, is one statistic that is out there and they're trying to do a good job as well. And so instead of being in, we shouldn't be in an adversarial uh, situation, but yet that's where we find ourselves. We need to take back medicine in a, in a unified way where we, we are going to change the language. Language is important. I'm not a provider. You're not a provider. You are a physician. And even though you could say, well, but you're a physician that provides care. That word has made it so that it it like gets under people's skin when it re- when you realize that you're we're all being taken the nurse practitioner is being taken the PA who's being told that they can practice medicine unsupervised all of us are part of a for profit system that thinks they have all the answers but there's a lot of financial motivators that are not transparently pure and so we need to get back to that pure. Place And I've never met a physician who won't do the right thing for the patient in front of them, if allowed to. We're made into these like evil, like, oh, you know, it's all about the money for you, or you can't do this, or you can't give me that. When push comes to shove, it's all, we, we all took an oath and we will do the right thing by that patient, no matter what, but you can't fight a system that tells you constantly, oh no, you you know, you keep giving the wrong medicine that's not on formulary, or you can't use that specialist. You can only use the ones at our hospital. You've got to speak up and say, well, this this isn't right for our patients. That specialist doesn't understand what concussions are, is doing unsafe things. You have to be not afraid to speak up and do the right thing, even if it makes you unpopular. Yeah, I agree with that. I think engagement physician leadership is what's going to turn the tides. However, From my perspective, where I sit with people who are at the very depths of burnout, 
there is a whole lot of healing, self-healing that must take place because when a burned out physician shows up to the board meeting or to the C-suite and they themselves are not in a good place, they cannot be an influential leader. They cannot be actively engaged in a positive light. And so, hence the name of this podcast, Dr. Me First. Like, I think Everyone really has to take time for themselves. And then when you're in a more healed and happy and fulfilled place, then you can sit at those tables and and make massive changes because, you know, honey attracts more flies and vinegar. And so and, and I'm not blaming anybody for burnout, but you can see how this problem perpetuated as more people became disillusioned with medicine, unfulfilled with medicine, you know, disappointed betrayed by medicine. I think it has a, a direct correlation to why we stopped showing up to meetings, why we stopped taking leadership positions, because we went from a thriving state to just surviving and in survival mode and just trying to get through this day and get this pick, kid picked up from school and that kid to basketball practice. And so I see where your work is definitely at the engagement part. My work is about 10 steps behind <laughs> to help people Help them feel empowered to say, like, you have permission to take care of yourself because when you're taken care of, oh, my God, you can make such huge impact in the world. I just listened to a recent podcast of yours and it reminded me, I think I'd done the 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 big stones and the pebbles and the sand at some you know, retreat, corporate retreat that an old hospital had put on. And I was like, oh, this is so hokey. Like, but when you said it, I could listen. And I'm like, wait, where are my big rocks? I'm not taking care of me. I have the trampoline sitting in the middle of my living room. I just need to jump on it a few times a day and not beat myself up that it wasn't 10 minutes or 20. But if I don't take care of me first, it's not the job. It's not, it'll, I'll feel the same way at each of my next jobs if I don't take care of me because, and and, and not to, to say that it's all my fault or all, you know, we, we're very good at that as women in general, not just physicians of self-deprecating and saying, you know, if only, you know, I hadn't done this or I'd done this, we need to shut off that negative chatter and refocus ourselves on what is our mission. I, my, one of my favorite things that I did learn in a corporate thing is I feel best when I'm a servant leader. When I can roll up my sleeves, do what I'm asking others to do, and I'm doing it for nothing because it is the right thing to do. And and I love that. And it makes us fulfilled. And a servant leader sometimes can see volume if if we do it efficiently. Um, if we teach others how to be servant leaders, you can't. I think we, we are built in a way or where the system trains us to try to control everything. And malpractice is an example. It doesn't matter how much you delegate. If something goes wrong, it all comes back on, you know, the physician who billed or whose signature is at the bottom. So I, I, I see why we are the way we are, but there's no reason to continue that. And I, one of my hopes, even though it's a paper magazine intended for the retiree or the, the doctor who still loves, actually, I think young moms, young doctors, uh, if everybody, uh, if nobody has seen this, it's an old YouTube video. And I love this reminder. If you just look up infant mistakes, thinks the magazine doesn't work. And it's like a 10 month old, just Google 10 month old magazine not working. And it's, they have a baby with an actual paper magazine trying to spread out the image. Squeeze finger. Yeah. Fingers and making it into a big L. And she's like, what is wrong with this? And then they, the mom gives her an iPad with the same exact cover. 
And you can see what she was trying to do. That 10-month-old never having seen a book or a paper magazine is sad to me and something we can't let this next generation fall prey to. They need to have tactile stimulation. They need for you to sit on the lap and turn pages of a book. One of my favorite things to tell parents of newborns when I first do their newborn exam on my little locum assignments is, you know what, I bet you got a ton of beautiful pink blankets if it's a baby girl or blue blankets. And I remind them gently that that's not to be put in the crib, but please put that on the floor the day you get home, not here in the hospital because that floor is gross, but get home, dad, you get down on your belly, put that baby on your belly. If you've got a big brother, big sister, put them next to the baby. And starting that night, use the different blankets to read an actual book to your baby. They will have tummy time and won't realize it. The two-year-old, three-year-old will think that, you know, that that time is all about them. And you're starting a habit that is lifelong learning, even if the parent themselves is not a reader. So I, I just love books. I love magazines. And a lot of people will call this a journal and doctors are still probably the last profession on earth that gets New England journals or the AAP or AAFP actual magazine. And I personally hate that they're filled with pharma ads. Like there's nothing that just gets under my skin more than a 10 page ad on some medication that nobody can afford. And so I am trying hard for the advertisers and sponsors to be physicians themselves or physician run businesses or like shark tank. I want, I want to get the, um, the, the shark tank type products before they become shark tank. Hell yes. So that we love gadgets and things and to be trendsetters and to let other people know about cool things. So that's what I'm hoping to fill the magazine with and, and we'll get there. Absolutely. I am not a bookworm. I am a book dragon. And so everything that you said has lit my heart on fire. I don't want no damn Kindle book. I want the real paper in my hands. And so, yes, everyone who's listening who can relate, Physician Outlook is where you need to go sign up for a subscription. Perhaps you are doing something amazing. You need to get an advertisement here. Your team is phenomenal. Yes work with you to have it be an advertorial. If you like to write, then write us. It'll be a subtle advertisement for your coaching business. And and then we'll put a picture of your book at the back or your podcast. I love what the Dr. Podcast Network is doing. Yes. In fact, I wish that was a radio station like Sirius Radio where you can listen to the Dr. Radio. Oh, it's coming. It's coming. coming. There's going to be a podcast of like the compilation of all of us. It's in the works. But some of my target audience is that 70, 80 year old who's like a podcast. What? What is that? But, you know, like, so I think if you could say, press this button and you will listen to this podcast, you will have, we will have another couple hundred thousand doctors and, and their wives and their kids and their cousins and their patients. Everyone, everyone knows a physician and loves them. And I think a lot of people are realizing how demoralized we are and they want to help us. They want, the patients still want to respect us, yet the, the, the system is kind of at a, a point where we're told how to behave. Yeah. And we, we can't. That's like a chef being told, oh, no, you have to work at Panera from now on. And, and you, we'll let you like come up with a recipe every once in a while. But no, you're, you're going to follow our cookbook. And, and people love Panera. I like Panera, but... That's not a restaurant to me. When when I go to a doctor, I want to see 
my doctor. I want to talk to my doctor. I want to, I, I want to ask those embarrassing questions. I want to pick their brain because the most important tool we have is between our ears and, and we can't let it go to waste. Well, Dr. Woodsmith, it has been so good sitting down my and talking lady, with you. Well, hell, we're all doctors here, so we're going to use that. We're going to use that. We're going to use that. If someone's listening and they've been really intrigued or they want to get in touch with you, where are the places that they can find you at? So um, the, the best way to reach me is through the magazine. So the www.physicianoutlook.com and the uh, submit content. If you're a writer, a painter, uh, if you are an artist, you have children that are artists. I, I love to hear and see anything you have. So shoot me something through there or directly to my email, which is m. Smith, no R, W-U-S-T-S-M-I-T-H at um, physicianoutlook.com. And, um, you know, just reach out. I'm also on Twitter, Facebook as Physician Outlook. And as um, uh, on Twitter, I'm at Smith Woost. I don't know why, but that's the way I started it. And that's how I've remained. But we also have the at the PO magazine, Physician Outlook and Send me, send me your kids. If your kids are trying to, you know, get into college and they love to write, I, 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 there's something I'm passionate about restoring medicine, but creating a future for future health care providers, whether they're physicians or non-physicians, where we all love and respect each other and work towards a common goal. Hey, are you tired of going at it alone? Well, friend, you don't have to anymore. Come sit with me. I want you to know that it's okay if you need to take a break. It's okay if you need to talk about some real crappy things. It's okay. You're not the first to feel like this, and you don't have to stick it out and be miserable. There is a way out, and there is a whole movement of fierce females in your corner. If you want to come sit with me and be in my community, you will not see me in Facebook groups. I freaking hate Facebook with a deep and fiery passion. (laughs) But what you can do is come over to Aaron Wiseman's Badass Collective on Slack. Because guess what? Once a badass, always a badass. And this isn't anything that's paid. It's not anything that I'm like throwing huge promos at you. It is simply a community where I am trying to get people together in the same space so that we can have these kind of conversations safely and in a protected manner that you feel so loved on. It's the whole purpose. So click in the show notes, get over to the Slack group. We do have some community rules. But, you know, that's just how it goes. But I would love to see you in there. I am in there almost every single day having real conversations, posting crazy pictures of my kids and gifts, all that good stuff. And I want you in there, too. So come on over. Come sit with me.
such a good interview. We ended up talking for like another 20 minutes after we got off the recording just because I think Dr. Marlene Moose-Smith is just an incredible person. And she totally inspired me for our kick of encouragement today, which is you need connection. You need connection in your life. And it's not going to come to you easy. You're going to have to seek it out. You're going to have to raise your hand and say, hey, over here in the back, me too. If you want to have just the vital connection in your life, maybe that's in the form of the people who are in your immediate local area. Maybe it's within your med staff or your hospital system. But, you know, for me, it wasn't. And hence, if you don't know the origin story behind this whole podcast, that's where Dr. Me first came from. I wanted to talk to other incredible female physicians. I wanted to have connections with them. I wanted to call them my friends and not just my colleagues. And I'm telling you, you need that too in your life. So be it something that you go out and seek a best friend that you haven't talked to in 10 years, be it that you're in Facebook groups that you love. I'm telling you today, get off your ass and get more connection in your life. If you're like, well, Aaron, I kind of like to hang out with you. Friend, I want to hang out with you too. So come sit with me. Two great opportunities that you have to know about is one, you can do it virtually. We can hang out online. Now you all know I fucking hate Facebook. Like I, it is the bane of my existence. I hate it so much. I have to stop talking about it. So where I hang out is in Slack. So Aaron Wiseman's Badass Collective, you come hang out with me. You can get the link in the show notes. I would welcome you to come into my community. We have a lot of fun. Just a few of the channel names. One of them is called Kick of Encouragement because if you need that, you can come get some. We also have a channel called Furry Babies and Children where we share pictures of our fur babies and our children. And the one that I'm really, really loving right now is called Fun Bonuses and Love. And that's where I'm just giving away so many amazing things. So if this podcast is great, but you want more, friend, this is where you need to come hang out in the Slack group. The other place where you can come hang out with me, IRL, in real life, is my upcoming Badass Women's Retreat. It's May 15th and 16th. It's going to be a bomb-ass time. If you want to come in on a plane, closest airports are Louisville, Evansville, or Indianapolis. You just tell me where you're flying into and we will get you to the country. I promise. (laughs) But I would love to have you come retreat with me to spend some time together, to do some things outside, to get some real life coaching with me, and honestly, just to be in each other's energy spaces. So those are the two ways, the online version or the in real life camping version. And remember, too, just like Marlene was talking about when she started her in-print magazine idea, I bet you have something. And guess what? It's not weird and it's not crazy. And if you're thinking about it a whole bunch, maybe it's your next thing that you need to do. Maybe it's a magazine. Maybe it's starting a side business. Maybe it's becoming a coach. Maybe it's selling corn on Etsy which if you guys don't know, I just recently started doing that. But whatever it is, I want you to lean into it because it's not crazy and it's likely something that will delight you and bring so much fun into your life. So try it out. So those are your two kicks of encouragement. Get more connection in your life and I'm making it super easy to do it with me. And two, jump on that idea that you thought is crazy. 
All right, before we head out today, one last thing. Remember, our sponsor, Doc to Doc Lending. I mentioned them in the beginning of the show. If you need quick and simple access to cash and you're looking for physician preferred rates, be sure to reach out to Doc to Doc Lending at drpodcastnetwork.com slash DOC, the number two DOC. All right, my friends, hang in there and remember your life, your calling, your pulse matters. <laughs>